0: Good deals are like public buses. If you miss one, you just wait 15 minutes and there's gonna be another one. Welcome to season two of the Financially Free Investor Podcast. This season is all about hard work, determination, entrepreneurship, living below your means, and learning to make your money work for you. Based on the past decade of me investing in real estate, fix and flips, wholesaling, rental properties, and being a real estate agent and broker, I think this is going to be a winning formula for you to start on your journey or continue on your journey towards financial freedom. So with that being said, I want to add as much value as possible and bring in awesome guests that will add value so that you can live life to the fullest. Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of season two of the Financially Free Investor Podcast. My goal on this season is to help you guys advance on your path to financial freedom, improve as an investor, be a better person, do more of what you like, less of what you don't like, and grow into the next version of yourself. So I thought I would talk about something that is, I would say it's probably pretty common with new investors, experienced investors, anyone investing full time. I suffer from it. Everyone I know suffers from it. And uh, it's called deal-itis. <laughs> deal-itis. You know when you get like a ringing in your ears, they call it tinnitus. When something's inflamed, it's called itis. I'm forgetting of the medical term right now. But anyways, deal is when you get Jones in to do a deal that you just like, you justify that deal. And I see it all the time. I just got off the phone with a friend and he's like, hey, man, like, here's the numbers on this deal. I'm going to flip this house, ba and I'm going to make, you know, best case 15 grand. And I was like, man, I've been there. I get it. I was just looking at a deal today where I was like trying to make sense of it in my head. And, you know, the, the one he was talking about was a flip and me too. And he's like, man, should I flip this and make 15 grand? And I was like, well, you know, we kind of broke it down and I was like, it's up to you, man. But man, one thing goes wrong that costs you seven or eight thousand bucks, your profits cut in half. And then, like, you know, what happens if your buyers offer less than list price and you can't get your list price? Like, you know, there's so many things that can go wrong and all of your profit can get wiped out. And then you just did all this work, risked capital. Took brain space and brain damage to flip this house, and you're maybe gonna, best case scenario, make fifteen grand. And granted, don't get me wrong, fifteen thousand bucks is a lot of money. I get it. I agree. But when you're talking about flipping a house and let's call it a four hundred thousand dollar house, oh man, that's that is really a thin deal. Usually when I'm looking to flip a house, I would say most flippers, they want to make ten percent of the after repair value. Okay. And I'm I'm focusing on flipping today. I get that, you know, some people say it's not really investing, but here's what it can do. If you flip two houses a year on the side, and let's say you use my formula and you make 10% of the after repaired value as your profit, your net profit after everything is paid. I mean, that can be a pretty good chunk of coin that you can use to buy rental properties, to pay off debt to get closer to financial freedom, whatever that looks like for you, that's a salary, right? And it it's as easy as flipping two houses a year. And now I say easy and I get it. Flipping a house is not easy. There's a lot that goes into it. However, it can be a great way for you to expand your money mindset, for you to expand your capital available to you, for you to grow as an investor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's how we were able to build our rental portfolios. I, I was working for a builder full-time, all of those commissions I was making there, we were living off of just like a paycheck. And then, you know, we were flipping houses on the side and those flips, uh, every one or two or three that we would flip, we would take that money and go and buy rental property with it, you know, and uh, it's how we were able to build our portfolio. So anyways, a lot of the times getting back to dealitis, I know I'll put a nice little bow on all of this here in a second, but dealitis strikes us all. It is the siren song singing to you. If you haven't done a deal or you haven't invested and you want to get in, just do it. Just jump in and do it. It might be a tight deal, but man, that 15,000, that 20,000 that you'll make, it's a lot of money. And a lot of times we justify in our minds. And again, guys, I'm totally guilty of this. We justify in our minds, like, I'm going to do it. It's a tight deal, but I'll operate it. And maybe, maybe, but maybe not, right? That's the risk. And so every time though, that I've gotten caught in a tight deal, I regret buying that deal. And usually what would happen because capital is finite, money's finite. We only have so much of it. And usually, you know, lenders, especially if you're new, just starting out. Hard money lenders want to see some skin in the game. So they want to see you come in with a down payment and then fund the rehab. So, you know, if you've only got $50,000 to invest and you you can flip this house for $50,000 and make $20,000, like, hey, that's a great return on investment. Don't get me wrong. But you better make sure that, you know, almost guaranteed to make that. Like it is such an easy, for sure, this makes sense flip that you will almost undoubtedly make $20,000 because it's just too tight of a deal. And, and I definitely have done some where I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll make 20 grand on it. Usually it's in the lower price point homes. Uh, they're going to be quicker turnarounds. There's less that can go wrong. And that's when it could potentially make sense. And again, if you have full-time crews going, like you got to keep them busy. So anyways, just make sure. And if you're a realtor, by the way, and you're flipping a house and your profit, like you're including your profit in that commission and like, That's way too tight of a deal to be doing. So, I always make sure I'm paying myself a commission. And in fact, now that I'm just investing full time, I don't pay myself a commission. I pay another realtor a full commission because, you know, I want to focus my time elsewhere. So, just make sure you're not doing a deal just to do a deal. That's when I've seen people getting in pinches. That's when people usually lose money, is when they do a deal just to do a deal or, you know, they justify all these reasons why. So, one good thing that I've done before when I feel like I'm getting dealitis is I'll, I'll kick the deal over to a friend and say, Hey, I'm considering this deal. What do you think? Poke holes in it. Let me know. And then, you know, they're not emotional. They can look at it and go, "Well, this is how I see it. And you know, I've been saved a couple of times. I've saved a few other people. I think a couple of times on just doing deals that are mediocre at best. And usually here's the funny thing about flips and rentals there's always another property around the corner. Good deals are like public buses. If you miss one, you just wait 15 minutes and there's going to be another one. Right? So with that being said, hopefully you don't get trapped in dealitis. You don't get focused on, on doing a deal to your detriment. Cause a lot of the times we can justify emotionally a thousand reasons why we want to do a deal. But really, what you have to do, and I learned this from a mentor, you got to take a step back. And here's three things I would do. One is I would ask myself, what's the downside? And can you live with the downside? Because a lot of the times we just get focused on the upside and we don't think about the downside at all. And we certainly don't think of, can I live with the downside? And really, guys, that's, that's where I want you to focus on. What's the upside? What's the downside? Can you live with the downside? And as you filter deals through that filter and also knowing like what rate of return do you want for your money? Cause that's different for everyone. You know, we talked about on the last podcast that I released, it was a a one-on-one coaching call I have with some friends and you know, we talked about like an acceptable rate of return for them. You know, think about what you want. Me personally, I don't want to invest in a deal unless I'm going to make at least a 15% return on my investment at least. Now there's a lot of other stuff that goes into this, that, and the other, but at the end of the day, like 15% is my minimum. So, um, I don't really don't want to do a deal unless I'm making at least that because otherwise, like what deal am I saying no to in the future if I say yes to this deal right now, right? Um, and a lot of times this has happened where I say no to a deal and the next day, the next week, whatever, I pick up another deal that's way better than the one I said no to, that I was like emotionally trying to figure out how to get this done. And that's that's the one thing that a lot of times when we're justifying things to ourselves is like we don't take into account if I say no to this deal or if I say yes to this deal, I'm saying no to the next deal. And could the next deal be better? And Now that's a loop you don't want to get stuck in either because like you also just have to take action sometimes, but realistically, like your, your money is finite. Your time is finite. Your bandwidth, your capacity is finite. You can only handle so much at once. And if you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another thing. And if you say no to one thing, that doesn't mean you'll never be able to invest again. Right? Right. So just a few thoughts as I had a, a phone call with a, another friend who's an investor and uh, this conversation has come up multiple times and I've even had the conversation with myself in my head like, oh, do I, do I not? And I, guys, I missed out on a deal two weeks ago because I, was, I wasn't aggressive enough on the purchase price and there, there probably was room for me to bid up, right? But I just figured like, I don't have to buy this deal. And if you get into a bad deal, guess what? You gotta sell it. You have to get out if you don't get into a bad deal, guess what you don't have to do? That's right. You don't have to figure out a way to get out of a bad deal. You get excited about exiting a good deal. So, I mean, I've got two deals right now that I am super excited to exit. Not only have we done a great job on the houses or providing a great property for somebody, but it's also like, man, I wish I had 10 more of these kinds of deals because they're fun to do I get jazzed about it. We're making a good return on our investment. And it's a win-win-win all the way around. And if there's anything I've learned over the past 10 years of investing in real estate is when you get in that flow and in that momentum, and you're just excited to continue to keep doing deals and you figure out what works for you, guess what? You keep investing. But when you lose money on a house, when you feel emotionally drained on a house. And it could be a rental property. I've had rental properties like this. In fact, we're selling one right now. And you're just like, anytime you think of it, you're just like, oh crap, I have to deal with this. I have to do this. And it just drains it. Like for me, that's always a red flag for me to be like, Hey, figure out what's going on and fix it. And fixing it is selling it and redeploying that capital somewhere else, redeploying your energy somewhere else. So with that being said, hope this all makes sense. Short 15-minute episode, you know, driving to work, doing whatever you're doing. Uh, I just hope this helps you on your path to financial freedom. And man, go out there, figure out what kind of rate of return you want, and it will come to you. You may have to look through a 100 deals to find the one, but man, you are going to be so excited when you find that one deal and it's a home run or, you know, it's, it's a double or a triple, speaking in baseball terms. And instead of just barely breaking even or making a few bucks, like you're making a ton of money, those are the exciting ones. And those are the ones that you want more of. So where focus goes, energy flows. Go where you've got energy. Lean into it. Whatever you don't have energy around, uh, do less of it. Like we only have one life. Time is finite. The number of years we have on this earth is finite. The number of weekends we have with our family is finite. The number of nights I have with my toddler is finite right and everything is finite the number of date nights I have it's finite so I want to make the most of every single thing I can and I hope you do too with that being said this is season two let's go Thank you for tuning in to season two. I'm your host, Jordy Clark. And man, I sure hope you got a lot of value out of that episode. Our whole goal with this is to help you reach financial freedom, to help you progress to that next version of yourself. Cause man, there's levels to this game. So with that being said, guys, thanks for tuning in. I know you have a lot of options for your podcasts and you know, we don't take that lightly. That's why I took such a big break off to try to re-engineer season two. So I just want to bring you the most amount of value possible, help more people. So please share this with someone that you think you need to hear this message and make it a great day.